Good morning, everybody. Now, if it looks a little bit different where I am, we are doing paper route all across the country today. I'm Ashley mm. Nicole Moss. I'm coming to you live from my hometown of New York City. We got Brandon Marshall holding things down in the West Coast. He's coming to you live from Las Vegas. We got Corey down south, the bottom of the rock, the 305 Miami. We got JP and everyone holding it down in California. We are in just national operation today and i feel like listen that's the only way we should do it because we have troy aikman joining us in the show so we're covering it coast to coast from one of my cowboy goats i'm very excited but let me introduce you to the squad one more time i'm Ashley nicole moss brandon marshall there, no, hold on no 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 hold on time out time out time out oh, time out, oh, time out. there's okay. only one goat ashley stop doing this we had this conversation one of the cowboy season. goats stop it I said one of the one cowboy goats. Cowboys goat. There's only one cowboy goat. Name the cowboy goat. Pick one. There can't be five cowboy goats. Goat stands for greatest of all time. Brandon, can you let me get through the introduction of the show before you start this conversation? For the love of God, let me get through the intro. We started it hot. Like I said, that's Brandon Marshall. We got Corey in the cut. We got Wu out west. BC in the back. Mander Legend, the whole squad. Like I said, we are coast to coast. New York, Vegas, Miami, we're all over the place. Brandon, Corey, you guys excited for today? Oh, I'm, I'm super excited. excited. Super excited. I'm, I'm super too, excited today. I'm, I'm feeling a, a, a lot of trivia today, Ashley. Um, you hit it on the head. We are painting, not the globe, I, I misspoke. We are painting the nation. Uh, you're in New York, like you said. Uh, we got mm -hmm. Corey in Miami, and, and I'm out here in Vegas. Uh, quick trivia question. Uh, Corey, okay. if it's noon there, mm -hmm. what time is it here? It's you got 10, five seconds. 10 a.m. Got it. Boom. You in Vegas, right? 10 a.m. He's wrong. You, He's if you're wrong. in Vegas, it's mountain time. It's not mountain time in Vegas. Or no, it's West Coast time, bro. Oh, <laughs> oh, you're Pacific. Corey, oh, easy, Corey, easy come nine. on, Sorry. be for real. Are you for real? I, I messed up the zones. I figured Vegas would be Mountain Time. Yeah. Is, no, Vegas is the West Coast, beloved. Vegas is the West it's, Coast. It's, I mean, it's not the West Coast geography. If we being, if we being, it know, is the West Coast. Literal. No, it's a hundred percent the West Coast. <laughs> what ocean um, does it touch? You don't have to. <laughs> oh my god. That's that's. What, I'm like, if you want to be literal, let's be, let's be literal then. Can't what be a what coast ocean without an ocean? Can't be on the coast. No, all right, all right. I stand corrected though. I stand corrected. Nine a.m. I was wrong. I was wrong. It's nine a.m. Oh my goodness gracious, Corey. Uh, yeah, no, it's right. gonna be a big show. We've yeah. been trying to um, get this Troy Aikman interview scheduled. You know, we love uh, catching up with our vets, vet talk. So I'm excited about it. I have some some questions. Um, I know you have some questions and some thoughts there. You know, I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. He'll be joining yes, us what, in like 12 minutes. It's going to be dope. I'm very excited. As you guys know, diehard Cowboys fan here. So this is a huge moment for me. Um, I'm really excited. I'm meeting all the OG Cowboys, whether virtually or directly. I met and interviewed Emmett Smith in mm -hmm. L.A., for that Super yeah. Bowl. Um, he actually signed my dad's vintage Cowboys jersey. It's hanging up in the house. So now I get Ooh. to add Troy Aikman to that list. I met Deion Sanders, yeah. Phoenix Super Bowl. I'm 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 knocking them off one by you one. Are. This is cool. You about to have all of yeah, the Cowboys legends out of there soon. Yeah. Ashley, I thought about you this morning, right? I was like, yo, you know, I love to be creative. And I'm like, we always talk about man caves. And I was like, it'd be a dope set if Ashley had a cave. I don't know what we would name it. But if you uh -huh. had a man cave, okay, 
um, still working title. Yeah, like it would be dope walking into your women cave, Ashley cave, man cave, whatever you want to call it. And then you have like your Emmett Smith jersey hanging there, your Troy Aikman, your Michael Irvin, Jerry mm-hmm. Jones memorabilia, something there. That would pre- pre- that'd be pretty dope. But Wait I thought a about like I can see Ashley having her own like cave and her husband or boyfriend in the future having nothing. Ashley, you know what my mom calls it? You might <laughs> you have to give what, credit though? to my mom. She calls it a lady layer. A that's, lady that's layer. Amazing. I heard that. My my lady aunt has one cool. of those as well. Yeah, she... But you know what? You just reminded me. I think I actually have officially met all the big stars of the 90s Cowboys. Michael Irvin was the first Cowboy that I met. Mm-hmm. He When mm-hmm. I was covering youth football, um, he, did, he hosted an event. I have a photo with him. I met him again. Or not met him again. I got to see him again. L.A. Super Bowl. So that's one. Emmett Smith, like I said, Troy Aikman today, Deion Sanders in Phoenix. I got the whole squad. Yep, yep. There you go. Obviously, um, I know right Dak there. and those guys, so the new wave, but the old wave, I feel like I covered all my bases. Yeah, you have to get Jerry Jones and you definitely have to get coach. If you do that, you're you're, yes. you're right where you need to Might, be. Like you said, check yes, out the boxes okay. there. Yeah, okay. right where you need to be. Well, look. Do we have any news of the day? What happened this weekend? This was. It feels like a, it was a long weekend. It was. I know. Yeah, it was a long weekend. But we absolutely do have news of the day. If you guys were tuned in on Friday night, Lionel Messi made his debut with Inter Miami. Corey, Messi. I saw you on the TV. Messi. <laughs> Messi. Messi. I saw you on the TV, Corey. I, yo, I made sports Damn center. I, I don't know if we were able to, to throw in that cut. But, yo, look, I had footage myself from where I was yeah. sitting of this shot. Yo, we gotta take a look at it. I want y'all to see this. It's amazing scene. Let me see this footage. Let me see this. Boom. This is this is your actual footage? That's that's from my yeah, phone, Brandon. Right behind the That's goal from my phone. Right behind right behind the goal. Penalty kick. And, and my mom, my mom's reaction round. there was look. everyone's reaction there at the at the stadium. No, it was an electric it was an electric environment. I'm so glad I actually went and Messi just proved why he's the GOAT. Like he honestly proved why he's the GOAT in his first game with Inter Miami. It was a, uh, like he got fat. It was in the, the last minute that he could have actually had a, a goal too. It was in the 94th minute. They had added two minutes to the end of the game and he had gotten, I'm not sure, I'm, I'm going to use the wrong terminology, but he got fouled. He got fouled and then they gave him a free kick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, not, it, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to, I don't Extra know. Kick. Yeah, exactly. So, so, so got the free kick and I was right there. It was right there. I could have got hit with the ball. It was crazy. This is what I love about sports, Ashley, right? Mm-hmm. You, you know, you bring people together, people that knows nothing about the game. You, you, <laughs> right. you know, you create these bandwagon Fairweather fans. You know, you got uh, Corey there paying an arm and a leg. Look at these seats. Look at this footage. He's paying an arm and a leg, Ashley, uh, to go watch Messi. Okay. <laughs> He's never really been to a game. This kid is from uh, Broward County, Florida. Absolutely. He's never kicked a soccer ball. <laughs> now, look at his mother. Yeah. You think they grew up, they're from the hood. You think they grew up <laughs> watching crazy. soccer and following uh, Messi? Right. Like, look at look this. Look at me. You, I, I like, was thinking about wearing sudden, a jersey, too. Thinking, look, he got a jersey in the studio. Like, come on, man. <laughs> that's Messi's not a jersey. That's a flag. It's like a little flag. Brandon, These are the flags. what is wrong with y'all today? <laughs> know, right? They have flags in the seat. So everybody, everybody got to take some of these. Of course, everybody was trying to grab as much as they can. We had to, you know, scourge for this. But um, now nah, it was again great atmosphere. Messi did his thing, man. It brought the stars out. LeBron James was there. Kim Kardashian was there. I actually walked past Yogati. It was it was pretty funny. Yogati was there. <laughs> Corey um, in the cut was there. Uh, yeah, Corey in the yeah. cut was there too. To, uh, posted up and tuned in. But yo, I, I might did have to go to another game. Say it again. 
Did you say what's up to Yo Gotti? Honestly, I didn't. He was so incognito too. Like he walked right past me. It was after the game when everybody's kind of like walking to their cars. He had a, a security guard in front of him, security guard behind him, but super incognito. Just had a plain T-shirt on. Didn't have any of his chains on. He was just trying okay. to. He was just trying to get from point A to point B. But I remember seeing him when he was. Uh, you know, he's like in the little the little booth on the, so, on the side. Corey, so was that actually, your first? Was that your first soccer game? Believe it or not, it was my right. second. I went to an Orlando City. Um, okay, so that was yeah. like your first one of this magnitude, though. Yes, definitely, definitely my first of this so, magnitude. So now that you went and saw Messi front and center, mm -hmm. do you believe in Messi mania? Do you understand why I was making such a big deal about yeah. him coming to Miami, him playing in America in general? Like, do you get it now? Yeah. Now that you witnessed it firsthand? Yeah, no, absolutely. You should have seen all of just like the the different paintings, the posters that people were wearing. Yeah. I mean, they had. You know, every you saw every messy jersey that he'd ever worn throughout his career there at the stadium. But I mean, they had like a banner that filled the whole. Like I was at I, I the section I, yeah. I was in. Yeah, I was in that section, like at the bottom of that section, like right there behind the goal. So I mean, you was able to see the 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 huge mural that they had of, of Messi. It was yeah, it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. Yo, there's a dope there's a dope um, mural of him downtown also. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just wish I'd been able to experience him over in Europe, like in, in some of those big meaningful games. That'd have been crazy to see. Yeah, I've never I've, I've never done this uh, in sports. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. 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 Theorist, what? Theorist. Conspiracy theorist. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> How you say? Conspiracy theorist. <laughs> Whatever that is, you, know, you look, sound like you chopped it up. I'm not that, but if you go back and watch other angles of that uh, free kick, that penalty kick, it seems like the goalie let him score. Right. Oh come uh, on, I Brandon! Say that. Look, he Did you runs see where he placed right. it. He I'm not giving you that. He, Ashley, look at it. He runs over to the right. He stops his feet, and then he does this little baby ass die hold on, hold on. Well, run the footage it. again run the Stop footage i'm getting your takes from footage. twitter you yeah, sound crazy because because <laughs> chopping his feet well because i guess I he's chopped out of there that, yeah but look but where the ball comes in like look, it's in the top right corner of the goal i don't care how good you like how far he jumped oh my Corey, god it's inches it's this inches away from this the top grown. left corner of that goal that's that's skill he placed that it was curving Corey, in this is a this is a grown man that lifts <laughs> weights for a living, that's been doing this his entire life since he was four years old. Yeah. You mean to tell me he takes a six inch dive, but you gotta see the whole footage. He's fully All extended right, he, too. He, <laughs> tracks, he tracks the kick, he sees where it's going, he makes his move to the right, he stops his feet, and th then he does this baby ass dive. So, <laughs> it's honestly that. insane that you are even trying Doubting to Messi's greatness. out there that Messi, one of the greatest, if not the greatest soccer player we have ever seen needs to let some, needs someone to let him score an son. extra kick. We this is a man Messi. who I witnessed score a goal in 60 seconds in, into a game. And you want me to believe that he he needed someone to let him score. Absolutely not. To go ahead and, what, and secure that goal. Actually, come on. This, this is probably the biggest uh, anticipated debut that we've seen in American sports. 
Like, I don't know what's what's bigger, okay? Maybe LeBron James going to the Heat. I, I, I'm not sure. So oh the, all gosh. this talk around Messi, this big deal, what he turned down from Saudi Arabia, then he comes over. He doesn't even start. He doesn't play. Now all of a sudden, they're tired. Brandon, nobody who team. watches soccer <laughs> Ashley, knew, they're that tired. He knew he was not going to start. This is You're in the middle of the MLS. He, I saw your tweet. I seen your tweet. He's coming fresh off of his offseason. Why on earth would you think he was supposed to start? Because I think it's out of respect messy. to the guys there, too. But you have to look at the logistics of it. It's the middle of the MLS season. Inter Miami's okay. last. And he's fresh off of his own season. That's not how that works. That's fine, but do you not... Do you not... But... ...to the MLS. David Beckham go, goes out there and gets his guy. Okay, he doesn't play. Now all of a sudden, you bring him in at the end of the game, and you have twenty people lined up in front of him. You know, I don't know the so so yeah, I don't know soccer like that. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, he hits the game winner. This is his debut to American sports. Are you? I'm kidding? not entertaining this, not this conversation any longer. He, he played the whole second half. He played the whole second half, so it was really four. It was I like refuse 40, to entertain this minutes. conversation he, he any longer. He played forty-seven minutes. So, well, you know what? We we can we can move on because we have a. a, a what you called is a uh, one of the Cowboys goats. And yeah. I hate that, you know, I hate it because there's gotta be one goat, all right? <laughs> so this is, this is a guy, uh, guy we're gonna introduce uh, one of our vets, someone who paved the way for people like myself, uh, someone who's done some amazing things in sports and business um, and, and, and just the culture of sport. Um, this is a guy who started this whole transfer portal Corey, trivia. Mm -hmm. Do you know where Troy Aikman started playing college football and then where he ended up? Um, he ended up at UCLA. Let's <laughs> talk no, about college football transfer portal. He, he ended up at UCLA, but where did he start? This is a guy that started the transfer portal. Yeah, I'm over Before I'm, the transfer I'm portal over, even existed. I know, I'm over here cheating too. I was about to just go ahead and search it up real quick. Are you Googling, Corey? I, I, know, I know, I caught myself cheating as Oklahoma. <laughs> Really, really this started at OU. This, this is this is a Cali boy that made his way to Oklahoma. Had a little wow. culture shock. I don't know what the hell happened. He said, "I'm going home. I'm good. <laughs> I got to get me back to Cali." Good, yeah. Ashley, do you know how many years he played for your team? Twelve. How many Pro Bowls, Ashley? Six. Wow. Okay, I'm opening this up to the field. Do we know when he was inducted to the Pro Football Hall of Fame? Oh my God, I do. I can see. I can see the ceremony in my head. Hold on. Um, two years later. Two years later, he was inducted to the College Football Hall of Fame. Ah. This is a dude who, when you really look at his resume, I don't know whose resume is greater. Man, maybe Michael Jordan. I'm gonna I don't say even know if Tom Brady has a resume like this. <laughs> so 2006, 2006. 2006. Our guy Troy Aikman, one of Ashley's goats. Okay, I don't know how you can have multiple GOATs because GOAT stands for greatest of all time. 2006, he was inducted to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Two years later, I don't know why the hell it took so long for the College Football uh, Association to come along and say, okay, we need to put him in as well. Like, did you not see what he did the first couple years? He won three Super Bowls. So, Troy F. Aikman, welcome to Paper Route. We really appreciate you being patient with us. Pleasure oh, to have you Oh, man, on, it's, man. Uh, that, was, that was quite... Quite the intro there, Brandon. It's uh, an <laughs> honor to be on. Thank you. 
Right, Brandon, we, Brandon likes to lay it on a little thick. That is, that's what he's yeah, known. Right. So yeah, that was, that was heavy, but that's okay. I'll take it. <laughs> did I miss anything? Did I, did we miss anything? Com color commentator. He started that yeah. in uh, what was that, 2000, 2001. Yeah, can you believe it? 2001, and then you did. You had 20 years, a 20, 20, 21 year run at uh, Fox. That was amazing. Yeah. Legendary. Yeah, I never imagined. I thought I would do it for a few years and figure out what I wanted to do with myself. And uh, here I am now getting ready to start, what, my 23rd year of broadcasting. So wow. uh, it's been a great job. It's been a lot of fun. And, and I think probably the most enjoyable part of it all is just having an opportunity to have a relationship with the, with the current players. Um, I'd still be watching it if I wasn't calling the games, but I, I just wouldn't uh, know the players like I know them now. So that part of it's been fun watching over the last couple of generations of kids. I'm wow. interested, Troy, because people say all the time that great players don't make great coaches. We hear that a lot in the NBA. I wonder, you know, how come the transition when it comes to calling a game is drastically different, you know, in that regard? Some great players also make great color commentators. Like, how has that transition been for you? Yeah, um, you know, it's interesting. It's uh, it's a hard deal to predict, I think, as to uh, whether someone's going to be able to do the job efficiently or not. Um, you know, we've seen examples of people who've gone in and done really well, maybe people who didn't expect them to, and then others who, who haven't. But the big thing uh, is that for me anyway, speaking on my behalf, that I, I've been around good people. I think it's kind of been the story of my career. I had great teammates in Dallas and you know, I'm now working with Joe Buck for the last 21 years. We're starting our 22nd year together. Uh, we Unbelievable. did to ESPN last year. So that, so that created some change for us. Uh, uh, but I think that's been a big part of, of why it's worked for me and, um, and a lot of other guys come in and, and they, they get put in a bad, a lot like a quarterback or, or a player in the NFL. Sometimes they get put in tough situations and don't have the support, uh, from the, from the network or from the people within the, the organization of which they're working. So there's a lot that goes into it. And there's a lot of reasons why someone's maybe able to have some success with it and why they're not. Yeah, for well, sure. Well, sorry, you're one of those guys, you know, and I mentioned this in this uh, in that big intro that I had. Like Ashley said, I like to lay it on thick, <laughs> but you're a guy to the way, right? Like I wouldn't be in this position if it wasn't for guys like yourself being able to break through. So we talk a lot in ball about the intangibles, quarterbacks, right? Like, do they have the intangibles? Do they have the it factor? All right, so when you transition into uh, color commentating into TV, like what are some of the intangibles that stick out to you that guys need to have? Because there's a lot of guys now that are like, this is what I want to do post-career, but yeah. they have no clue that there's a, a, a science to it. They have no clue that there's an art to it. They And some of the guys I feel, Troy, fail because they don't take that same work ethic that they did in ball to the booth. So what are some of the intangibles that you, that you would look for if or the next Tony Romo. Yeah, I, Brandon, I would agree with that. I, I think that's true, whether it's in broadcasting or uh, any business that, that former athletes get involved in. I, I think the challenge uh, as athletes, everyone knows what to do. And a lot of that, of course, is physical. There is the component of, of studying and, and, and being prepared mentally. 
And then when you get into other fields post-career, most of the effort is really mental. And I think that with broadcasting specifically, the the part that I think maybe catches people a little bit off guard as former players is that because they feel they know football, that they feel they can maybe just step in, whether it's a pregame show or doing game analysis, which I do, uh, that you can you can just rely on what you know about football. Uh, and And I think that I don't think it works that way. I think you have to put in the work and you have to be prepared. And if you're not, then ultimately I believe you get exposed. Um, and so, yeah, you know football, but there's so much more to know than just the game itself when you're when you're broadcasting a game or when you're doing a, 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 a live event like myself. You, you've got to know the players. Uh, you got to know a little bit about them and their background and how this team got to where they are. It's not just about talking about every play. Uh, I don't know that viewers really want to hear that over and over and over. They want some context to, to what's being said. So to me, that's, uh, that's rule number one, no matter what the business is or what the field that you've got to put in the work. And if you do, uh, and you're around good people, then I think you have a chance to, to make it work for you. But you're right that back when I played, you know, the only two guys that we thought, would go into television were Deion Sanders and, and Michael Urban. We, we all thought, okay, those guys, will, right. They, they'll, they'll go do TV, but no one else in our locker room, it just wasn't something that people talked a lot about or really aspired to do. And now I think most players, uh, there's more opportunity, of course. Uh, but I think more players now talk about getting into television and broadcasting uh, than they did back when I was winding down my career. 100%. 100%. Well, I definitely, I definitely want to dive into football. I mean, one of the biggest conversations that we're having this offseason, and it feels like for the last few seasons just in general, are about running backs. And, you know, has the running back position changed? Is the running back position still necessary? The Cowboys famously have utilized the run game so many different eras of the team and have paid their running backs handsomely because of that. Now we're in a new wave where guys like Saquon aren't getting paid. Zeke, obviously, no longer part of the organization for the time being. And we're seeing now hybrid running backs get those paydays, uh, uh, you know, cross between a running back and a wide receiver. So I want to ask you, do you think that a traditional running back, a real workhorse, will ever get paid or see a big payday in this new era of the NFL? Well, um, I, you know, I, I, I never want to say never, but the the economics of that position, of course, have changed and we've, we've seen it uh, and not just this year, but it's been more pronounced this year with some of the great running backs that are up and, and feel that they haven't gotten, you know, their opportunity. And I, I really feel for those guys because I was a quarterback who benefited from uh, our run game and having a guy like Emmett Smith and of course the all-time leading rusher and 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 I, I don't I don't know that anybody will even come close to doing what Emmett was able to do because of the way that the game has changed but that's right we you know we've seen so many lesser uh, or lower round running backs uh, step in in a lot of these situations and they they've been able to have success and when you're looking at a certain number of dollars that you're able to spend and quarterbacks, of course, the franchise quarterbacks taking up a big part of that, 
the organizations have to decide how they're going to allocate those dollars. And unfortunately for a lot of these running backs, by the time they're ready for that big payday, uh, history would suggest that they're, they're on the downside of their careers. And so do people want to invest that kind of money? And I think the teams that have, uh, a, a few of them ha have suffered uh, by giving out those big contracts. So I really do hate it for all of these running backs. Uh, they've been pretty vocal, as you know, here over the last week or two yeah. with what has happened. And and I hate it for those guys because they do give so much. And many of them, they, they are the focal point of those offensive teams. Uh, and yet uh, they're being, I don't want to say punished, of offense. But, What's that? A lot of these uh, running backs make up 40 to 45% right. of their offense. Yeah, there's no doubt. And uh, so I, I I hate what's happened to those guys. I understand it from the organization's perspective right. and I understand their frustration. It's a, uh, it's a tough, it's a tough deal. They're the one position that aren't really being rewarded for the amount of uh, work that they're doing and, and, and how important they are to their football teams. Well, we've heard running backs say flat out that they feel like they're the most disrespected position in the NFL. Would you agree with that statement? Well, I think they are respected. I do believe that they're respected. I think those organizations, uh, you know, you take a Saquon Barkley, for instance, uh, you know, he's he's definitely respected within the organization. I just think that they're reluctant to do these big contracts. And even Saquon has come out and said he's not trying to reestablish the market. He just wants to be paired or be paid what he thinks is fair. I think his approach has been really, really good. And I'm a big fan of his. Um, so I don't think it's a lack of respect. I, I think it's just the economics of the league right now and these and the salary cap and how they're going to allocate those dollars. And it's just unfortunate for those guys. Brandon, is Brandon stuck? Brandon, are you stuck? Okay. Well, well I, I, yeah, I had a question, Troy. Troy, what do you think the the Cowboys should do right now with Zeke, with Zeke Elliott? Yeah, I do know. I do know that the Cowboys uh, have have tremendous respect for Zeke, and when you talk to people within that organization, you know Zeke has been one of the real leaders for that football team, and I've always believed that. You know, there are those players. Zeke has been one of the great players for the organization. There are those players in a locker room. Sometimes they're not the great players, but they they are are really the glue within the locker room. And and Zeke has been a, a performer on the field, but he's also been that guy in the locker room that galvanizes the entire group. So I'm sure they would love to have him. I don't know what that necessarily means in terms of being able to sign him and what it would take and then what that might do to Tony Pollard and all that. So I think there's, would they love to have Zeke in the organization? I'm sure that they would, because I know how much they love him and how much respect they have for him, what that looks like uh, in a, in a bigger picture with, with, with salary. And again, how it works out with the other players right. that have on the roster. Right. It's anybody's guess. So, so listen, I have one more question before we uh, move forward to another topic about the, you know, this, this, this running back situation. Um, I, I'm not sure how many games you call, but it seems like you're approaching maybe uh, 450, 500 games. Maybe, you know, Troy, <laughs> I don't you know. Seem, no. <laughs> you, you, you've forgotten more football than a lot of us know, right? You, you've called so many games. And, and like you said earlier, you, 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 you,
uh, describe to everyone listening how the game has evolved around the running back position, right? Like, you go back to Emmitt Smith, we're talking about a guy, like you said, all-time leading rusher, 22,000 yards, and, and we don't know if anybody will ever get close to that. But now, why are we approaching a running back this way? Can you talk a little bit of X's and O's and a little bit of, you know, just strategy on what you've seen over the last couple of years on how the game has changed around the running back position or just yeah, offensively, I think it's a, period? Yeah, I think it's a good question. Uh, I, I think it's uh, there. there's a lot to unpack with that because uh, what we've seen, well, I used to always feel that the NFL game influenced what we saw at the collegiate level. That, that, that changed many, many years ago. What's happening in the NFL is now really being influenced by the college game. And what we saw of the college game uh, was the spread offenses and, you know, all the things that, that they began to do. Uh, quarterbacks started to utilize their abilities a lot more. You never used to see quarterbacks, uh, whether they could run or not, coaches just simply didn't want them to run. But that, but that has become such a big part of a lot of these quarterbacks game that that it's just built into what they are doing offensively but they still run the spread offenses some of that has been the development of offensive lines uh it's become increasingly more difficult to have the kind of offensive lines consistently uh like those that i played behind in dallas to where you are able to just mash people and run the football and so uh i think the passing rules also have led uh, to the advent of, of more of the downfield passing game and taking advantage of some of those things as well. Um, but I think the pendulum has begun to swing. And I think when we, when you look at what's, what San Francisco, for instance, has been able to do with their run game and the way that they tie that in with their play action game, I think more and more teams are beginning to see that as maybe the way to go. We've seen it from the Rams. We've seen it uh, from Cleveland uh, with right. the Ski, you know, and I like that style. It's, it reminds me more of of what I, I did, but that's why we've gotten away from the running game. And now you don't have as many Derrick Henrys that are the workhorse for their team. That you now you see more two and three running backs on a team. They're spreading those carries around. Uh, they want guys that are multi-dimensional. Uh, you know, you mentioned a Christian McCaffrey type guy who's who's able to be, you know both running back yep. and receiver. And it just ties into a lot of the things that people are doing on the offensive side of the ball. But I do think that as we see more and more of these offenses have success running the football, that we're going to see more teams kind of go to that because it is a copycat league, as you know, Brandon. That's right. That's right. right. I, I want to ask, you know, when you think of Cowboys success, you think of Troy Aikman and the 90s Cowboys. It was the last time we went to the promised land. And I say we because I am a diehard Cowboys fan. Shout out to my dad. He raised me that uh, way. She's from New York, here. Troy. All right. Way to go, Dad. <laughs> Thank you. Shout out to my dad. You can say hi, Jeff. He's watching right now. He he instilled it in me. Um, so I – wonder you know ever since then the cowboys are always on everyone's list to make it all the way to go to the super bowl but there hasn't been that same level of success there's been seasons of mediocrity there have been seasons of some playoff success there's been seasons of it looks like they're gonna go all the way i wonder one what does this team need to do to get over the hump and two, notoriously speaking, you think of the Jason Garrett era, a lot of fans grew weary with how many chances he was given to take this team all the way. 
With that in mind, how big is the window for Coach Mike McCarthy to bring this team to the promised land? Yeah, um, well, the I know Cowboys fans are frustrated uh, that the team hasn't gotten to a Super Bowl and, and, and hasn't even played in an NFC Championship game since the last one that I played in in the 1995 season. They, they've had... The Cowboys have been one of the more talented teams in the league for quite some time, and they've won a lot of regular season games. I don't know exactly where they rank, but if you took the teams and you said, okay, who's won the most regular season games in the last 10 years or however long you want to go back, the Cowboys would would be uh, in the top five, I would imagine. They've, they've had some really good teams. They just It just hasn't, for whatever reason, it just has not translated in to postseason success. They haven't won many playoff games really in the last 25 years. Mm. Uh, and it's a lot of times it's it's been one and done. Um, so, the you know, what do they have to do in order to get over the hump? The, the, the easy answer is that they've got to play their best football when the games matter most. And, and that's what they've not been able to do. And how do you do that? You know, that's the million-dollar question. Uh, it's just been – unfortunate for them and you know they've got another good team this year i like what they did in the offseason uh i i love brandon cooks as a wide receiver i've loved him since he came in the league stefan gilmore on the defensive side of the ball big pickup uh, yeah another great pickup so they they're, they're they're going to be able to compete with with anybody in the league uh, and I think with that high expectations come of course and and mike mccarthy this year taking over play calling is a big deal. I think Kellen Moore's done a really nice job. Dinosaur uh, Troy, dinosaur Troy, dinosaur. <laughs> dinosaur. He was in. He was in Apple before before the Cowboys picked him up. He was in Appleton, Wisconsin, for a whole year trying to put together this new scheme. He was in the barn. Come out and they, 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 <laughs> he was in the barn. I, this is a true story, Troy. I, I just don't believe that he's going to come out and be innovative. So to me, it's going to come down to your playmakers. It's going to. The biggest question is. Can Dak Prescott um, overcome Coach McCarthy's shortcomings on a play calling side, on the innovative side? So my question to you is, all right, is Dak the guy? Can Dak overcome Coach McCarthy's shortcomings? Well, I do think this. First of all, Brandon, I, I was I was surprised, quite honestly, when Mike got the job that he didn't take over for play calling then. Uh because when he was in Green Bay, he did give up play calling for a period of time. And when he took play calling back, he said he would never give it up again because it's something he feels that he's good at and that he enjoyed. And so I was surprised by that, number one. I, like I said, I, I do think Kellen Moore did a good job. So the offense is going to be different. Uh, is, is you know, you, 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 call Mike, you call Mike a dinosaur. <laughs> you know, he may very well be, but, but because he's not, you know, now he's put himself out there. You always are out there as the head coach, but now if you're the guy calling the plays, you know, they're going to have to have success on the offensive side of the ball. So to answer that part of the question, you know, Jerry's becoming, he he's never been an overly patient owner. He's becoming less patient. And what do they have to do in order for, is Mike in the hot seat right now? I mean, I don't know if, if if Bill Belichick is in the hot seat. I I would say that just about every other coach is in the hot seat too. I mean, you don't I believe don't, that, Troy? It's Troy, a you don't do believe or die that Bill season. Belichick. You don't believe Bill don't, Belichick's in a hot seat. I I would hope not. 
I mean, I, I just keep hearing about it. I'm not, no, I'm not the one who's saying it. I just keep hearing it. They're saying, I'm like, wow, you, you've been to nine Super Bowls in six. And somehow, I mean, I, I don't know how that works. I mean, right. I wouldn't want to go into, I wouldn't want to go into the profession of coaching. If, if that, if you're at risk of losing your job and you've Four. been to nine Super Bowls. For where you sit and where you've been in the organization, the success that you have seen, knowing Jerry, knowing what the team wants, knowing what the organization wants, and that's to bring another trophy back to Dallas, what would you say if you were in the position to make that decision? How many more seasons do you give this team to work until you say, okay, it's not working, what's that next chapter, that next era look like? Like how many more seasons of mediocrity or not going all the way does this team have until they try to figure out what it looks like after well i think you know they the, hey they've been trying to figure it out for for a while um I, I i think that in order to really honestly be able to answer that question i think you've got to be inside the organization and just know there's got to be a belief that the direction that you're heading uh is the right direction and the things are being done uh, the right way to give yourself the best chance. I, I think at the end of the day, you know, everyone understands that you you do have to go out and perform and you have to play. And it's not it's not easy. You know, I was always asked, how come more teams don't repeat hmm. as Super Bowl champions? And I, and, and I, I would answer that and say, well, because it's not easy to go win the Super Bowl the first time. Um, it's hard. And then to do it all over again the next year, uh, it's just not, it's not easy to do. And a lot of things have to uh, happen. You've got to be fortunate, of course, with injury and all that. I'm not evading your question. I'm just saying that. No, I agree. It's been 20 plus years since they've, since you're they've really been. Good at, you're really good at it. You've been on television for 20 <laughs> plus years. <laughs> yeah. you know what, but I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. The, I don't know the answer to that. I don't know if, if if they don't make it this year, does that mean okay we're going to just you know start yeah. all over again? I I don't know. I I don't know what Jerry might be thinking. I'm going down to I'm going to Cowboys camp on Wednesday. I'll ask him. I'll come Thank back. you. Oh, ask man. him and get back to me. I'm so, a firm believer, and Brandon, yeah. I get into this argument all the time. I am a firm believer that the year of the Des no catch catch call, mm. that was the year the Cowboys were going to the Super Bowl, and that was the year we could have won the whole thing. I am a firm believer yeah, of that. I will die on that hill. We were robbed. That was our Super Bowl year. And it is just a frustrating time for me to even go back and remember how the refs just completely took away a, my chance to vividly a, remember a Super Bowl. Ashley, Ashley, it's a frustrating time for you uh, and Cowboys fans, but it's also a frustrating time for football fans and sports fans because we're tired of hearing it every year. This is the year the Cowboys going to get it done. This is the year they're going to get it done. We just heard Troy Aikman say the last time he was in an NFC championship was when Troy Aikman was playing. I am aware, Brandon. Is on but you to hate be us. A, a, a business mogul. Like, Troy I'm is the on dinosaur. to different things. You are the dinosaur, Troy, kind of. <laughs> but, like, you're going to go down as uh, probably, we're going to know you more as uh, one of the greatest commentators ever, one of the greatest businessmen ever. So I wanted to save a little time for that, right? So when you think of, when I look at Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, even Tom Brady, LeBron James, and all these other athletes, start uh, Roger, uh, the guys that transition into business, we talked about broadcasting, 
Troy, where do you where do you where do you where do you rank amongst that list in business? Because you're quietly built, you have quietly built an empire. Nobody knows what is the net worth. What is Troy building? <laughs> right, like from NASCAR to to beer. Yeah. To, Get out know, of his eight, pockets, yeah. Brandon. Dang. Where are, you, where are you at, Troy? Amongst that, and then also describe to us the intangibles needed to build a successful company, and then we'll get into the to, to, to eight. Yeah, I think the, the list of athletes that you mentioned, I, I don't think I'm in their stratosphere, but but I, but I but I'd like to be. I, I've been uh, I, I have been involved in a lot of things. I, I've been fortunate that you know I had a NASCAR team. I was a part owner of a, of the San Diego Padres. Uh, I've had car dealerships. Uh, now I have my my beer company that I've launched, and I've been involved in a lot of other things that I haven't been as active in. But uh, it's all been really good. I think that. You know, kind of going back to what I said earlier uh, in our conversation that it, it really, in my opinion, comes down to being willing to put in the work. Uh, nothing comes easy. We all know that. And then being around good people, because Brandon, I, I've been involved and I've invested in some things that I thought were terrific concepts and great technologies, and they didn't work. And the reason they didn't work wasn't because the product wasn't great wasn't because the technology wasn't what I thought it was. It was really because we didn't have the people that could execute it. And so i that's been my takeaway in business that I now, regardless of what, however something might look uh, and however favorable that might look, I won't get involved unless I I'm confident the people that are involved in that can execute it. Um, so I bet on people more than I bet on anything else. And it's worked for me. It's worked for me, as I said, in my athletic career. It's worked in broadcasting. And it's really worked for me in business. Uh, and, and over the years, I've had an opportunity to meet a lot of people. And there's some folks that have become mentors to me. Uh, and, and Roger Staubach, you, you mentioned him. He, he's been one of those people as well. But uh, I just always wanted, and I think it's because of Roger and what he was able to do in the real estate business that... I wanted to do something beyond just football and broadcasting has been fantastic. And I, I love my job and I love my career, but it still revolves around the NFL. And so that's really been why I've gotten involved in some of the things that I have. And, and it's why I've uh, one of the reasons why anyway, that I've gotten involved in this beer company that I started uh, that I'm real excited about. Well, let's dive into the beer company. Yeah. Eight, obviously, your number that you famously wore with the Dallas Cowboys. I wonder, in your kind of assessing the market and, you know, whether it was trying different beers or going different places and seeing what the competition was doing, what did you feel like the market was missing that your product provides? Well, a couple of things. Uh, I worked at a distributorship in college. Um, so that was my oh, first foray wow. into the beer business uh, right before I transferred from Oklahoma to UCLA. And then when I came to Dallas, I became really close friends with one of the largest distributorships in, in, in the country uh, and did a lot with them. I did some national campaigns uh, for a particular beer. And so I... I like beer, um, and but I looked at what was out there, and I just felt that I felt that what was on the market uh, was a little tired, and I felt like I could do it better. And so I really wanted to make a beer that complemented my lifestyle. Uh, I, I've always been mindful of, of of what I eat, my well-being, working out, all of those things. 
but I wanted to have a beer that complemented that. And so we went to work on this recipe. It was two years in the making. Uh, it's a light beer. That's all I ever drink is a light beer. So that was, that was the first criteria, but what makes eight different than anything else on the market is we have, we have no adjuncts, meaning we don't add any corn, rice, syrup, or sugars, and we use hundred percent organic grains. And we're the only widely available beer that can say that they don't use adjuncts. So it truly is a better for you beer. It's a, it's the cleanest beer on the market. It's 90 calories and 2.6 carbs. So those measurables are important and they're important to me. Uh, we hit those. We, we're as good or better in those, in those measurables than any other light beer on the market. Uh, but the biggest differentiator is the fact that we don't have any adjuncts and that makes it the cleanest beer available. And so I'm real proud of it. The flavor's great. Uh, and, and we're only available in Texas, but it's been really well received. And, uh, and we just continue to, to work hard and get more and more people exposed to it. Yeah, I don't whoa, know if you whoa, can make it out only, here. I don't know if you can make it out here, Troy, but I, I am rocking your merch. I have the eight merch on. <laughs> and, and luckily, I know you just made the point that it's only in Texas, but luckily I have the eight beer right here. So, you know, whenever, yeah, whenever, whenever, yeah, shotgun, whenever, Corey, whenever you guys like give me the you. go, whenever you guys give me the go, I, I'm, I'm ready to crack this open. But um, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But, but Troy, I mean, I wanted to ask you a question myself as oh, I, no, as no, I, no, as no, I no, sip Corey, this, this beer. You're not going to taste it? No, no Yeah, I know. I said, I'm going to ask the question as I sip this eight beer. Let me, let me take oh, a sip. Let me take it. It's absolutely great. All of the details that you just shared with everybody, I can tell they're accurate. But uh, but Troy, now I just wanted to ask you, like, when was it yeah, that, that you, show. yeah, when was it that you made the <laughs> made the decision to kind of jump into entrepreneurship, right? Like, when did this idea of eight come about? Was it when you were playing? Was it something that was post career? Was it like because you mentioned that, you know, your passion is football and and you love your career on TV, but like you said, you wanted to dip into other avenues. So when was it that eight came up, and when was it that entrepreneurship was something that you wanted to dive into? Yeah, so shoot, the eight beer. Uh, I guess now we, it's all close going on four years. We, we've been on the market for a year and a half. You know, we'll be uh, two years coming up. And so it was two years prior to that when we began talking about it, uh, what I wanted to do with it. I met my partners through a mutual friend, one of whom uh, has had a career in the beer business. So that was the the impetus of it. And when I... You know, I've never been in the business of just doing something for the sake of doing it. So when I, when I, I, again, if I, I felt if we could do it better, then I wanted to do it. And I felt we could do it better, but we had to prove that we had to go put the recipe together and see how it looked. So I just kept pushing when with, we partnered with Oregon state and they've got a fantastic beer program uh within their food and science department and the the people who the experts the professors and the people who put this recipe together just kept going back to them and saying hey how, how can we make it better for you how can we you know do it differently than what's on the market and make it as as clean as possible and so that's that's why it took some time for us to ultimately land on the recipe that we have uh, but that was the whole key. Um, the other things that I've done in business, uh, a lot of times it's just been opportunity that's presented itself that I've wanted to do. But at other times, like the car business, um, 
I had been in the car business when I was playing and then I sold out to my partners, but I always knew when I retired from football that it was going to be something that I wanted to get back involved in. And, and I did. Um, and then I ultimately ended up getting out of the car business as well. But, uh, I've just always had a desire to, to do something, you know, it's just been, I've, I've never been interested in just sitting back and, and not being involved. And, and I think that that will always be the case for the rest of my life. And fortunately, like I said, I've just been involved with some really great people. Uh, and it's been, uh, it's been a lot of fun. I've learned a lot, um, and have had some success along the way. Brandon, so before you gotta... close things, before you close things out, real quick question for people who are interested in the product. I know you said it's only available in Texas, but is there a direct to consumer option where you can get it shipped to you? Is that something that you guys are preparing to do in the future? We're hoping to, we're not, we're not right now. Uh, we have had some conversations about moving outside the state of Texas and there's a good chance that, uh, next year, uh, in 2024, that we'll be in some of the neighboring states. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe beyond that, we'll see if we are, uh, then it means a lot of really good things are happening for us and a lot of good things are happening. Um, and we're looking at ways that we can expand maybe a little bit more aggressively, but, Texas, as you know, is an awfully big state. We've still got a lot of ground to cover. Uh, and and so we'll just continue to, to work hard like we have. And uh, the key for us has really been that when people have tried it and they've been exposed to it, uh, we've had tremendous uh, repeat uh, customers and, and, and they've become loyal to the brand, um, which, is, which is a great sign for us. So that's the key for us is just to continue to get people uh, to where they have an opportunity to try it and get exposed to it. No, Troy, we we really appreciate you, and we love having these conversations around entrepreneurship and business. Um, you know, I, I'm a guy that, you know, back in 2012, 2013, uh, you know, found out that that's what I wanted to do, and that's what I would do when I was done. Didn't know exactly what it was going to be. Now it happens to be in uh, media and commerce. So learning from guys like you, are, it's a big deal. And, you know, I talked about the athletes that came before. Uh, you can even add the John Elways to that list. Uh, I, I know you're a humble guy. I, you know, Ashley and Corey, he's definitely, all the stuff that Troy has done, he's definitely top 10. I don't Stop know. Stop pocket net watching, is. Brandon. It's so rude. Listen, we're going to we're, we're gonna have to do some work. We got to let Troy go. But before you go, fun fact here: Ashley Nicole Moss. She taught us how to shotgun, so she knows how to shotgun bears. Um, after every uh, Dallas win this year, she's going to shotgun a bear, uh, eight bear at that. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Um, she's going to be one of your your brand uh, ambassadors this upcoming year. Cowboy season is going to be amazing. Um, she also does, uh, you know. Uh, ping, what is it called? Uh, ping pong, uh, beer pong, beer hey, pong. No, oh, beer pong, yes, yeah. that's my beer game. Pong, she's a beer <laughs> pong champion at, down at FAU. Um, does this thing come in? Does eight come in a keg? Because she also loves ke keg stands. We're going to do a keg what are you stand. doing? <laughs> Ashley's got skills, oh, it, it, does, it does come in, in keg, and I'll get, I'll, I'll, Ashley, I'll send you the eight beer, and uh, nice. that way plenty of product on hand you, yeah. this might be the year you you need a lot of deal with the pain deal with the pain yeah. Be, yeah. Troy, Troy before we we, we want to say thank you but before we let you go I wanted to hit this um I wanted to hit this uh as you go um 
but you made a comment. You said many beer companies claim to be American, but they're not. Can you explain that as you go? Yeah, we did that campaign. It was really around the uh, 4th of July uh, as we celebrated our country. Uh, I, I just encourage people to, to drink American because there are a lot of beer companies out there that put an American flag on their package and, and yet they're, they're not American owned. And uh, I just felt that as we celebrated America uh, and the birth of our country, uh, that, that we should celebrate it uh, with beer, of course, but with an American owned beer brand, um, whether that was eight or, or any other. Um, so that was really kind of the message around 4th of July. We love you, man. Uh, we'll see you in a booth. We're looking forward it. to the season. It's going to be amazing. Please join us in the season. Will you come back one more time before the year is over? Absolutely. Anytime. Appreciate okay. you. Make, and make sure you send uh, Ashley that keg. I, I, I'm ready. <laughs> ready. To, to America's <laughs> beer. To America's right, beer. Man. Bye. Bye. All right. Bye, see y'all. Thank you. Right. Appreciate <laughs> you, Troy. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Ashley, okay, what's your goat now? You can't say goats. Out of all the Dallas Cowboys, give me one goat. You just sat Stop down putting with me on the spot. I love them all. I <sighs> love Emmett. I love Troy. I love Dion. I'm not picking just because you're trying to make me choose. If I had to go one goat, it's hard, right? Like, you know, Emmett did something amazing. I can't go Dion. Dion wasn't there long enough. I think it really comes down. I mean, you can go uh, Charles Haley. Uh, there's some some guys on the offensive line, uh, defensive line that never gets the love that they deserve. Um, but it's it's it is hard, Ashley. It is hard. Like this is one of those teams. Like it's like the Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears. Every time I walked into the facility, you know, I was surrounded by Dick Buckus and Mike Dicka, and you know, uh -huh. playing with Brian Urlacher and the Charles Peanuts Tillman and the and the, and the Lance Briggs of the world. You got uh, uh, the Paytons of the world. Uh, Walter Payton, you know, like there's some organizations like that where you walk in and there's just so many legends, the Dallas Cowboys, the Pittsburgh Steelers, and you can go on and on. So it is hard, but we, you know, life is hard, Ashley. We need an answer. <laughs> the fans, the chat is saying it. They're saying, Ashley, pick a goat. I don't see a single person saying that in the chat. So your chat <laughs> must be different than mine. I don't know. Maybe your connection no, 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 is really great. My, mine doesn't say that. Mine it's says the same, It's the same chat. Mine says Emmett Smith. We have Tony Dorsett. We have Larry Allen. We have Emmett Smith again. Michael Irvin. Um, Emmett like, Smith again. I don't see anything about Ashley having to pick a goat. That sounds like a branding thing. And I, I will bet, not be you know peer what? pressured. I bet if Mr. Jeff, your father, was on 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 today, uh, he would actually pick because your dad. He would. He, he would say Emmett Smith. Yeah, I was like, yeah, is it not exactly. an easy one? Is I, I it not he would be Smith? disappointing you right now. He didn't raise you not to be bold, <laughs> Ashley. He would go Emmett he would Smith. He would definitely he say Emmett Smith. Smith. For sure. I, know, I, I wanted to ask Troy this question, but I felt like it would be too messy, Ashley. Um, you know, Emmett Smith benefited from uh, one hell of a offensive line, right? Mm -hmm. Like statistically, he's the best running back to ever do it. But the question is, is he the best running back? Is he the GOAT, right? Because you take that offensive line away, is he Emmett Smith? Men lie, women lie, numbers don't lie, though. So. Mm. The numbers are the about? numbers are. Okay. Okay. I, I'll, I'll numbers take say that. he's the best. Yeah. Be before, before we move on, uh, Corey and Ashley, uh, what was y'all take away from this interview? What did you guys enjoy about the conversation? 
I'll tell you what. There was um, one. There's only. Okay, one, Corey. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I feel like there was one. There was one thing I took away from it. It was and it was a short phrase he says. He says just be involved. And I don't know why I took that away from the interview, but just be involved. And and with that, what I was able to take away is just you know just assert yourself. Do you know put the work in? Because I think it was the point of the conversation where you had asked him, Brandon, like you know like what are the intangibles for a player after they're done. With football, and he made the point that guys kind of just rely on the on the fact that they, you know, just know football. But no, it's more than right. that. Right. When when it comes to success, you got to just be involved, be around the right people, and 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 just consume as much information as you can. Obviously, to just better yourself. So be involved. I feel like that was kind of like the like what I took away from his, you know, from this interview. Uh, yeah. Wow. Ashley, you. Um, I really did like that standpoint. I did like his honesty about, you know, everything within the Cowboys organization. Um, it is going to be interesting to see what happens with Mike McCarthy. I'm a firm believer this is a do or die season for him. Um, but it was interesting to hear that he, I think from a player standpoint, running backs in the NFL are still highly respected, but there's that contention between the players and how the players view them and how the league views them, how yeah. organizations view them. And, you know, it is, unfortunately, it's disheartening, you know, but it's realistic when you hear him say that he does not think that it's going to change, although he never says never, you know, economically speaking, where the league is headed, when people have only a certain amount of money to allocate to positions, you usually allocate it to the positions you get the most longevity out of. We know that, but hearing somebody who was intimate in a um, space where the run game was so prevalent and just so um, important to the success of the team say that it's unfortunate. You know, it, it's the right, very right. reality of where the NFL is. Right. Uh, for, for for me, Ashley, actually, I, 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 you know, I didn't agree with Troy on that one because uh, there's a saying amongst players, right, and you'll hear this a lot when guys are, you know, at these stalemates with, you know, in negotiations with their teams, and it's like mm -hmm. respect, you know, and, and what respect means to players is you actually stepping up to the table and meeting my value and paying me, you know, cutting the check. And so I disagree uh, with Troy on that one because if you respect me, you'll pay me, point blank, period. Um, I'm not, I hear it, but, yeah. you know. You know, but for me, before we move on, I will say this, like, I always love just catching up with vets, right? Like, you know, we could have sat there with Troy for two hours talking about Jerry Jones. We didn't even get into Michael Irvin stories. We didn't get into Deion Sanders stories. That's the best, right? Even business advice, asking questions, uh, peeling back the layers there, getting his thoughts on certain things. I thought you asked an amazing question as far as like, what did he see? What opportunity did he see in the industry? But for me, just being able to catch up with legends like that, um, uh, uh, means a lot, you know, like a guy like that. Think about Troy Aikman, 12 years in the National Football League, uh, six Pro Bowls, three Super Bowls, uh, a Super Bowl MVP, uh, Hall of Fame NFL, Hall of Fame college, just decorated as it can get, uh, to be still humble and so cool. You know, that, that, that means the world to me. And there's so many more guys out there like that. And so it's always a blessing when, uh, we get the opportunity to sit down with uh, men and women like that. Yeah. For sure. No, absolutely. Absolutely. All right, guys. So what we're going to do actually is take a break. 
And when we come back, we're going to talk Saquon Barkley. Um, he interacted with a tweet, a fan's tweet on Twitter, and we're not sure if he's mm. really trying to send a message. So we'll dive into that when we come getting back. Getting messy. Yeah, it is. It is very much getting messy. And then we're going to talk about Jordan Poole. He had a... Uh, released an interesting video. I'm not even going to reveal what he was doing oh in that video, God. but uh, we're going to talk about that for a little bit. <laughs> Let's go. So, uh, so yeah, we'll be right back. We'll hit those when we come back. <laughs> Can you tell them what green light means? Oh yeah, when the green light, when the green light come on, it's time to go, bro. It's time to go. I'm. I. I actually. That was my name. You smell me. They called you green light. Yeah, I learned all this shit from him. Him and Beach. Oh my god. Hey, the girls are back. We can talk for hours. Green light here. Okay. Hey, green light. No, 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 by so, the way, it's a song. Hold on, let me explain. It's a song this on quick. the best of both let worlds. Let me explain this though, because this is. It's this a song on best of both worlds that called green light. You don't know that song? Oh, 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 oh. Oh yeah, yeah, green yeah, light. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every time I go on Magic City, that song come on. Huh? I make sure they the DJ play it. I spend about. 15, 16, 20,000. On the song? One song! Yeah, on that song. Like, no. that's the time to go. It's time to go. And you gotta realize, I'm a young, I'm, I'm young. In, the, in three hours in the strip club. But I'm young, oh, bro. Yeah, I'm man, young. I'm no, I'm spending more than five thousand. I ain't even throwing my money. Uh, uh, nah, Pack, I ain't one song, Pack, though. Pack, Pack and Tish had to teach me how to throw money a couple months ago. Listen, I spent. I ain't know how to do it. I spent $10,000. <laughs> Every Monday night for ten years straight. Come on, and I match you too. That's no. Want to say that again? I spent ten thousand dollars every every Monday. Monday night in Magic no City bullshit. for ten years straight. No bullshit. No uh, bullshit. For, for bro. ten years straight. Four point eight. You, you, was it worth it? Hell yeah. That's a great question too. My fine advisor will be on my line. Oh. Shady McCoy. I mean, listen. If, if you want to be broke, keep doing that. <laughs> you know they talk. I mean, for me, yeah, it was worth it because it it, it was a cultural movement. It wasn't about. It wasn't even about the the dancers per se. It wasn't about me being this horny guy that wanted to see naked women, right? It wasn't about that. It was just about the actual cultural movement of what was actually happening. <laughs> What's up, folks? <laughs> so, so yeah, like I said before the break, we're gonna come back and um and we're gonna hit this Saquon Barkley. You're listening to Paper oh. Route on <laughs> yeah, Brandon. We're live, just so you know. <laughs> Hey, sometimes it'd be a little glitch. I didn't know we were back. No, nah, man. Nicole Moss, Corey, yeah, Rose, we Brandon Marshall, <laughs> BC in the booth, Corey in the cut, Corey uh, uh, stepping up as a great teammate and coming for me. I'm over here. I was actually Corey. I'm, I'm watching um, ESPN. Is that what happened? In my uh, in, in, over here on the right, listening to them talk about running backs. Exactly oh, what we're going to talk about, oh, yeah, right? There's been... a lot of things that they're saying that I just totally disagree with, right? Mm -hmm. um, remember, Corey, months ago, I said that these guys need to come together. Mm -hmm. Months ago, I said they need to have a meeting, some type yep. of offset. You yep. remember that conversation? I do. It's too late right now. Yeah. Now, all of a sudden, y'all want to get on a Zoom call? Yeah. We're in camp. That's, this well, means nothing right now. That's interesting. Okay, Saquon Barkley, right? Like, yeah. you, you missed your window to really push the envelope. All these conversations and mm -hmm. tweets should have happened months ago before these deadlines so yeah. you could actually end up with a decent deal. Yeah. And now we're here, Corey. Wow. Uh, so this is Paper Route presented by I Am Athlete, YouTube, Monday through Thursday, 12 to rack, you know, 145-ish. Sometimes we go a little longer. Faction Talk Series XM, Channel 103 for all of our listeners, people who are driving. There's a lot of people that drive and listen to us. Corey, did you know that? I did know that on Series XM. 
Like you said, do you ever listen to us? Do you ever go back and replay? Like, you know, as athletes, we go out there, we practice, Mm -hmm. we play games, Mm -hmm. and then we go come back in and we watch a lot of film. Sure do. Do you watch film? Do you listen to yourself? Do you go back and replay our shows, Corey? I do, but but what I do is actually I go on YouTube. I don't listen to the podcast versions as much. I'd like to kind of get like the whole experience and be able to break down the film as you put it that way, just because I want to know what I look Mm -hmm. like on camera as and as well as how it sounds. Yeah. That's a light skinned comment, cool. I mean, is it not? Because sometimes my posture might be slouched. Like I don't like to. I like my posture to to, to look good on camera as well. So, yeah, man, I gotta look at the visuals okay, so, and the audio. Hey. So, so be, before the break, you teed up Saquon Barkley. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I talked a little bit about it. Went on a little bit of a rant. Mm-hmm. But what happened this weekend? What is Saquon tweeting? What's going on here? So yeah, so let's throw that that graphic up there, BC in the booth. Um, but there was this fan who had who kind of shared his opinion on the just the entire situation that that uh, you know Saquon Barkley is going through. And what he did was brought in Daniel Jones to the situation. He says when Daniel Jones had his fifth year option decline, he didn't run to a podcast and start crying. He put his big boy pants, he, excuse me, he put on his big boy pants, kept his mouth shut, and took the Giants to the playoffs. That's what real mm. leaders do. Now, what Saquon did was reply to this tweet, which, which is now a, 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 a post and delete. It's not on his profile anymore. Um, but he, he responded with laughing emojis, right, suggesting that, like, you know, maybe, yeah, forget what you're saying. This, this situation isn't the same. But what he did, like I right. mentioned, was delete this, and it, but, but he still liked the, the post. And, Brandon, what I yeah. wanted to ask you was, because the reply suggests, you know, what I just said, like, forget that, the different situation, not the same deal. But if it was just a like and there wasn't a reply there, then I would suggest maybe, you know, maybe he's coming around to the idea of just playing through, um, you, know, uh, 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 you know, making the bag next year, but doing it for his teammates, you know, for the Giants. What, what are your thoughts on just this whole interaction here? Well, well, first, Corey, I told you that, you know, some guys are built like that and some aren't. Right. And what I meant by that is there's only a handful of guys that's willing to go the distance, hold out, hold in, make it uncomfortable for themselves, make it uncomfortable for their team, make it uncomfortable for their teammates, right? Mm-hmm. To actually be selfish. Like we're trained and groomed when we're babies to always put the team first. Mm-hmm. And that's why we're always at a disadvantage when we get to the table and we start negotiating when we get to the pros. Why? Because the teams and the leagues are always going to say, you know what, we're putting business versus about the bottom line. And guess what we bring to the table? We bring our teammates in. We bring the fan base in. They have no seat at that table, but that's what we do as players, and that's why we always lose, Mm. especially when it's a hard negotiation and it takes time. So Saquon Barkley, for me, is not that type of guy that's going to go to distance. Now, do I think he'll make it a little bit uncomfortable? Yes. What do I mean by that? Will he show up late to training camp? Maybe. Will he hold in? Probably. Will he potentially maybe not do anything to week one or maybe into the season? Yes, I do believe he'll do that. But at the end of the day, Saquon Barkley's going to be there. And probably at this point, it is the best business decision to go out there and take the $10 million to play on that TED. Why? Because you're not going to get it anywhere else. Now, what I believe Saquon should do is come in, hold in, make it a little bit uncomfortable. And this is what all these other running backs should should be doing as well. Well, uh, if I actually run the ball more, if I have more yards, and you heard Nick Chubbs talk about this yesterday after training camp practice, that actually, if I, you know, hurts me in the long run. The running back position, if I perform better, 
If I have more yards, then now you're going to say, well, that's more wear and tear on the body. So what I'm going to do as a running back now is say, well, I don't want to tote it 25 times anymore. I won't tote it 25 mm -hmm. times anymore. There's only a handful of guys that can do that. The Derrick Henry's of the world, the McCaffrey's of the world, the Alvin Kamara's of the world, the Chubb's of the world, the Saquon Barkley's, right? Like these dudes are, 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 are highly uh, sought after commodities, right? So they're able to come in and say, you know what? I know I make up 40, 45% of this offense, but guess what? Not no more, mm. right? I'm not going to do that to myself. So I'm only going to tote it 15 times. And now if you want to give me the ball more, you want to make up the difference, put me out there in the slot. So what happens is when you get back to the table, now you're actually able to approach it like Alvin Kamara did. Yeah. I'm actually a running back slash slot. You're actually able to approach it like uh, McCaffrey, Christian McCaffrey did. I'm actually a running back slash uh, a slot, right? We're talking about Alvin Kamara, 81 catches, 83 catches, 83 catches, 83 catches, and then he gets a big bag. Mm -hmm. You're talking about Christian McCaffrey. I think he had 83 catches last year. You got guys out there like uh, 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 Eckler who had 107 yeah. receptions last year. Right. That's more than 95% of all wide receivers. Mm -hmm. So when you think about this tweet, and I'll get to the tweet here. When you think about this tweet to me, I said it, what, a couple of weeks ago, Corey? Mm -hmm. I said, this is where it gets uncomfortable for players. And this is, this is why most players break, right? Mm -hmm. Because you have fans that come out mm -hmm. and they're going to say things. Not everybody's going to be on Saquon Barkley's side. Majority of the people I would say are on the Saquon Barkley side. Mm -hmm. Troy Aikman said it. He loves how he's approached his business, right? Yeah. A lot of athletes, a lot of coaches, a lot of general managers, owners are saying he's actually doing a very good job of keeping it very professional and taking the high road. Now, he's come out, said a few things here and there, but people still respect them. But there's still people out there who are going to say things like this. Daniel Jones, are you kidding me? I wouldn't even entertain this. Everybody <laughs> knows that Daniel, we're talking about Daniel Jones. They, 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 why did they uh, uh, decline his fifth year option? Because they said he, they, they deemed him as a bust. Yeah, right. They said there was no, there was no that. way he was going to be able to turn his career around. But what happened? They brought in Brian Dayball. Saquon Barkley was actually healthy. Yep. Saquon Barkley did his thing. Saquon Barkley led his team in receptions last year. Yeah. He had 53 receptions. That was yeah. more than any wide receiver on that roster. Yeah. Saquon Barkley wasn't the running back. He was the New York Giants offense. He yeah. made it better for Daniel Jones. And just like Troy Aikman just said when he was just sitting with us not too long ago, he benefited from an amazing running game. And that's what a healthy offense does. It helps out their quarterback by being able to put some of the load on a running game. That's the offensive line. Uh, that's the tight ends. That's the running back. Saquon Barkley does that. And so this whole tweet thing just shows that uh, Saquon is now seeing some of the stuff out there and he's getting a little uncomfortable. Yep, he's you know, getting uncomfortable with yeah. it. Yep, yep. Now, what do you make of the Giants signing uh, James Robinson, right? Like, I mean, he's a guy of, yep. you know, a starting running back caliber. We're not knowing right now if he's going to be more of a replacement or is he going to be a guy that splits carries or backs up Saquon in the event that he comes back. What do you make of that transaction or acquisition, rather, if you're Saquon? I just said it, uh, Corey. It's a business, right? So yep. owners, uh, general managers, presidents, um, head coaches, it's all a numbers game, right? So even with the salary cap, right? How much are we going to allocate to this particular unit, this particular player, this position, right? It's all about the bottom line. So when you think about numbers, 
you got you have to have so you have an opportunity to have cert, uh, a certain amount of guys on the roster. Saquon Barkley is unknown. Uh, uh, we they don't know if he's going to show up. They don't know what he's going to do. So they have to fill that spot. They have to have enough bodies to be able to come in that can make it through training camp. So it doesn't uh, trickle down to the other guys on the field, right? Like. It, no Saquon Barkley, that means there's more production, more action to the wide receivers, more pro, yeah. more action to Double all thing. of the other running backs. So you need to be, be able to have two things. Bodies, okay, for training camp. You see a lot of guys go down during this time. And you also need to be able to be prepared for the season, right? So if Saquon Barkley, like others, may not show up, like you got Josh Jacobs out there saying that he may not play until week one or nothing in training camp. And then so he's going to come out. Is he really going to be ready for week one? So you need to have guys ready to go. So this is um, the Giants uh, uh, doing giant things business, mm -hmm. right? This is not a knock on Saquon Barkley. That's just making sure that they have – enough guys, enough bodies to be able to make it through training camp yep. and start the season. Yeah, I think that's the, that's, that's the best point you made right there, Brandon. You kind of took me back when you said it affects not only the running back group and the amount of production they'll need on them in camp, it affects the wide receiver group too. That's more pass plays you got to run in team. That's, that's just more route running you got to do, more running. So to save the legs, yeah, you bring in another running back to kind of satisfy that group. But yeah, Ashley, we wanted to get your thoughts really on just this whole situation, him reacting you know, to that fan's tweet of he needs to put his big boy pants on and be a leader. And then also you know, the Giants acquiring James Robinson in the interim. Um, it, to answer the first part mm -hmm. regarding the fan's tweet, it's always interesting to me how people will chastise your reaction to the disrespect, but never what got you disrespected in the first place. Mm. And what I mean by that is fans are quick to say so-and-so should get paid or so-and-so deserves not to get paid. And then when they react to that, the organization doing just that, then now all of a sudden they're the bad guy. For Saquon, his reaction to the disrespect of not getting paid, allowing this to drag out, especially when he's such a prominent part of the Giants offense, is not what is not the catalyst for the situation. Like you can't have B without A. So for me, it's always interesting how people want athletes to just roll over and play nice when things don't go their way. But if roles were reversed, and they were up for a payday and they didn't get it, they would feel a type of way about that. So I just kind of, I never understood why fans, and I use that loosely because I feel like if you're a true fan, you want your guy to get paid because right. you know what he means to your team. Never really understood that mindset of fans. It's very backwards to me. So I will say this though, Saquon had the opportunity to maneuver this space a little bit differently. He chose his route obviously that route didn't go ahead and equal what he wanted the outcome to be and he has a decision to make either he deals with that or he doesn't but he chose to deal with this entire saga a certain type of way that got him a certain type of result so in that regard that's nobody else's fault but his own now again i'm not knocking the way he went about it that's his personality that's how he wanted to but there's every action has a reaction, and this is what that was. Yeah, and, and there's some interesting things out there, Ashley and Corey. I was reading Pro Football Talk last night, 
uh, and there's still some options, right, uh, for guys like Saquon, even Josh Jacobs, right, where you think they had that deadline, I think it was at July 17th at 4 p.m. Yeah. They missed that. If they couldn't agree to a long-term deal, then that's it. You can't negotiate any long-term contract. However, mm -hmm. you can negotiate a one-year deal, right? So they don't have to take this $10 million. Now, there's nothing out there that says that a, a team will do this, right? But this article uh, 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 laid out a few scenarios where if – the Giants and Saquon or the, the Raiders and, and the Josh Jacobs, if they want to actually get through this year, they can go out there and say, you know what, we'll pay you more. Or they can go out there and say, you know what, we're going to give you this tag, but we're going to guarantee that we don't franchise tag you after. And that's been done before. There were some examples out there of, uh, of teams doing that in the past. So there's still some room to negotiate, but it'll be on a short-term deal, one, uh, a, a one-year deal. Now, I don't know if that's what Saquon and some of these other running backs that's still um, you know, uh, uh, in this position, if, they're, if their teams are aiming at that, but that's certainly there. Um, I want to say this as well, Ashley. Uh, I, I remember months ago, and I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but remember, I was like, yo, these running backs need to come together. And I didn't just mm -hmm. say, like, come together. I said, what? They need to have a meeting and discuss these things. They need to come together and put together a plan. So maybe the Saquon Barkley's and a Dalvin Cooks, and even you can throw Ezekiel Elliott out there and some others, right? Like, they're unified, and they actually benefit this year, right? So you, but think, waiting... you think Austin Eckler took your idea? <laughs> No, I'm not saying they took my idea, you know, but it's just too late, right? Like, oh. it all starts with unity. Well, yeah. how are we going to, why are we going to wait a, a, a couple of days? Not even a couple of days. There's some teams already in training camp. Yeah. There's running backs that's already in training camp. I was flying out here to West Coast uh, in first class. You know, I want to say that, you know, so now <laughs> I'm always in first class. Sometimes I'm in uh, uh, exit row and, yeah. you know, ball on a budget, an entrepreneur. We just talked about that with Troy Aikman, but I'm in first oh class. I'm our flight. <laughs> and there's a running back, an active running back sitting next to me. He passes the phone to me. Pro football, pro football talk article on itself. I'm like, what is he giving me? And it's like, oh, the running backs are gathering on a Zoom call that, you know, all the top running backs. He's like a second tier running back. And he's like, all the running backs is gathering on a Zoom call to talk about, you know, what they can do. And his response was like, there's nothing they can do. There's nothing. It's too late. It's way too late, Ashley. If they would have actually did this uh, right before uh, uh, free agency, right after free agency, um, before these deadlines, then they would have had more leverage. They would have had a better plan, and things could have gotten done. And 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 so, like, I hate to see the running backs in this position, and it sucks. And 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 the last thing I would say to this, um, Ashley and Corey, a lot of this talk is about running backs. A lot of this talk is about you know, uh, you know, the position, uh, the value, how the game has changed. But to me, the problem is more so these damn franchise tags. Now, you know, I like to go on rants here and there. That was another rant that I went on a couple of months ago. And what did I say? The franchise tag is not a fair deal and has no place in, in football. That's the problem, right? Like these guys work their ass off to get to the position at all, at all positions. 
And when you get to free agency, you should be able to get to free agency. You shouldn't have these transition tags. You shouldn't have these franchise tags. It should be open market. So the next collective bargaining agreement, to me, this is the number one priority if I'm in that position. Now we have a, a, a new player director coming in or president coming in to lead the NFLPA, and this should be his number one priority. But we have to wait years to get back to the table. And that should be priority number one. We should rip up the franchise tag. We should rip up all these transition tags. We shouldn't be able to do that. So uh, that's my rant. Um, and that's what I have to say about the running back thing. I know this is a big topic. Everybody's talking about it. And we'll probably be talking about it up until the start of the season. And then everybody forget about it and move on. Nice. <laughs> Anything to add there, Ashley? I have, nothing. <laughs> I have nothing. He said everybody's going to forget about it. I mean, I hope not, but no, but I, I hear you, Brandon. That is, that is kind of the reality of the situation. So we'll obviously be following that and see what happens there, but moving on. So uh, another story, right? We were following, I'd say last week and all the way up until today was Jordan Poole. So Jordan Poole, if you guys remember, his name came up last week because Draymond Green uh, appeared on the Pat Beverly podcast. And on that podcast, they were talking about um, you know, basically, basically the situation with Jordan Poole and how that came about. Um, but in response, that prompted Jordan Poole's dad to kind of share his thoughts on the whole entire situation. And then, you know, with it was kind of some irony in, in the timing of this video. But Jordan Poole was found training, you know, at a, at a gym. Let's take a look mm -hmm. at that video real quick. Oh, this video. <laughs> What's going on here? Get that get back. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Yeah, like, uh, so, so we got Jordan Poole putting in work in the gym. And, and obviously, if you're not familiar with the situation. So, the, there's a problem with the man boxing? Like, he's not allowed to box now? Yeah. It's like, is it was it for it's cardio? Timing, was it was it to let people know that he, he got hands and it could have ended differently for Draymond? <laughs> oh, my God. What, what is like, this about? Yo? No, what next time it ain't about? going down like that. Right, right, right. Y'all really <laughs> need to let this go. Like, it's over. It's done with. Like, it happened. Draymond's still talking about it. Jordan doesn't want to talk about it. He is allowed to box. Like, I'm What you mean, Draymond hey, doesn't want to talk about it? I said, Draymond's still talking about it. Jordan doesn't oh. want to talk about it. Like, we just got to we just gotta move past this. It's like, does like, he? Or is he, is he trying, yeah, to, is he trying to ride the wave this. now with posting that boxing video? Don't post the video. Yeah, that's he exactly, doesn't even want to. Exactly. He's been asked. He's literally been asked about Draymond multiple times, and he does not want to speak about him. The man's just boxing. Like, I don't he think it's like this, like, deep, this deep thing, like this think tank thing. <laughs> I don't think it's that deep. He, he, it's not that he doesn't want he doesn't want to talk about it. He wants us to talk about it. That's why he's posting these things. That's why he's going out there and posting lyrics to songs. That's why he's going out there yeah. and and posting boxing. Yeah, he, like he, we're talking about Draymond uh, responding to something that happened a year ago, and now you're boxing and your form looks like this. Like his trainer set him up for failure. Ashley, there's techniques, there's things that you can do in the gym to make you look better. Like his feet work is horrible. Right, like the way he's punching, like I can see it's why he got work, knocked out. Not feet work, it's footwork. Same thing, same. You know, you know. You, <laughs> hey, I got a question. You know I, ain't, I, you know, I ain't go to school for you. Ain't, you know, I ain't go to school for school. You know, I went to school for football. Actually, <laughs> actually, they major asked me football. when I was in right, college. Major I was football. walking. I, was, I went to UCF, right? So I'm, I'm walking from one side of campus to the other, and uh, this gentleman uh, walked up to me. He's like, "Hey, Brandon Marshall, 
man, I love the game, man. We saw you against Tulane last week. And he said, man, I have a lot of respect for you. He said, um, what's your major? And, and, and I looked at him, I said, my major is football. <laughs> yo. Ask him I went to school for football. Yeah, hey, I got a question, though. Yo, yo who, who, West said he got a question. Who taking that uh, five-round, three-minute uh, match, AD versus JP? Who's taking that? AD oh. versus JP. You talking about, yeah, Anthony, Anthony Davis. Remember Anthony we Davis. watched film on Anthony Davis Remember a few weeks back? We watched footage on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why, hey, who looks better? Who mean, AD versus JP, though? AD, wow. Anthony Davis put out a video Jordan a couple Poole, weeks ago of him boxing. Oh, Lord. In the ring. Does he yeah. want to fight Draymond, too? Maybe know, he's right? preparing to fight LeBron. You see yeah. how crazy that sounds? Like, <laughs> I mean, to answer your question, Actually, you probably Anthony Davis. Yeah. Just off of weight, right? Yeah, just off of weight I, would, I, 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 I wouldn't. I wouldn't watch it. Um, you know, especially not you know, like Jordan Poole, Poole Jordan Poole, or poor Jordan Poole. Right. Right. <laughs> like you, you, everybody got to admit when they saw that punch, boom! He fell into the wall. Draymond grabbed him, hugged him. Even Draymond felt immediately felt bad for him. He grabbed <laughs> him and held him up. He didn't even let him. Draymond didn't feel that bad because world... he's been talking about it since, and he said that, "Oh, there's just some things you don't say to a man," and that's what he had coming to him. Like I'm not buying that Draymond feels bad. <laughs> now all of a sudden he's not singing that tune. Now all of a sudden Jordan deserved it. It's like pick a story and stick to it. Like I don't all even right. care. Right. So that's why Jordan got a train. Right. Yeah. Because it's still yeah. active. Yeah, Jordan, that's, yeah, that's why he's Jordan Poole, Jordan Poole just needs to go invest in security everywhere he goes because that ain't it. <laughs> Telling y'all right now. That ain't it. No, that's no, no. Crazy. You're gonna get knocked out. Don't don't go out there thinking, oh yeah, I took a couple classes, I'm ready to go. So the next time you one of your teammates try you, you feel brody and you wanna boom boom puff out your chest and no, that ain't it. You mm. go in the nightclub, something happened. Now you're like, yeah, I took these classes. Let me t test out these hands. There's going to be another story on TMZ. <laughs> Jordan Poole knocked out again. Like, just invest <laughs> oh, in security, crazy. Jordan Poole. That's oh, it. No. <laughs> oh, no. Well, look, I, I got another story for you guys. I wanted to get y'all's thoughts on this. Mbappe, Kylian Mbappe, mm. he... He he's 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 set to potentially, you know, he'd have to accept this offer, but potentially be making some record amounts of money. So, so the Saudi Arabian club Al, now forgive me if I pronounce this wrong, Al Halal, I, I believe that's it. It's close, baby. That's good. We it, got you. There we go. Is offering a record three hundred and thirty-two million dollar bid for Mbappe. So how that works is that club is offering that to PSG, Mbappe's current club, and that's just to acquire him. So all of that money would just go to, to PSG. And then the, the contract that they're offering um, uh, Mbappe pays roughly 700 million um, euros per year. That is per year. Oh, one and, year. And, and, no, yeah. one year. Say that again? One year deal. It'll be a one year deal. That, uh, that's because a per he year rate, is it? Uh, no, no. So it'll be a one, you said. Per, yeah, well, yes, but it's a one-year deal. <laughs> I get you. Because he wants to go to – it's a one-year deal because he wants to go to Real Madrid. Right. Correct. Right. But $775 million in that one in that one year. I mean, that, that that that's incredible. I mean, we were talking about Messi at the top of the show, but this – you know, Mbappe, he's next up. He's definitely next up. What you guys think about this? There, there, there's a lot to this. Um, when I was in Africa and also in France, I had an opportunity to hang out with a few uh, uh, football players there. Um, they don't like to be called soccer players. And I actually was hanging out with, with Jeannie, um, one of his teammates now at PSG. So he gave me a lot of inside information. 
right? So what we have to understand is uh, PSG. This is a you know Mbappe is born and raised there. Like he is, he is, uh, uh, he is like their pride and joy, their golden boy. And so the team will look foolish. The whole country will will turn against PSG if they let Mbappe go. But Mbappe doesn't want to sign a long-term deal there. He refuses to sign a long-term deal there. So now uh, what's happening is you have PSG saying they're not even going to play him at all this year, right? And this is unprecedented. That's not this has no this you got to read Ashley I'm telling you I know you, but you, you have little... no you have it a little bit off okay tell bit. me tell me where I'm off <laughs> so me out. and Mbappe wants to leave PSG so he's saying he's going to sit out the entire year it's not PSG is not going to play him he's making the decision I'm not going to play this entire no, season no no that's not the so that's not the article I read Ashley the article said the opposite that the team left him off of their friendly, I forget where they were playing, right? It was like some, there's, it hasn't started. I think the Premier League starts August 11th, maybe. So they're still in their friendlies. But the team, what I read, Ashley, is that the team said, we're not going to play them this friendly or maybe not even the entire year. So, you know, maybe, uh, Wu, you can fact check that for Ashley and I and see um, what the what the facts no, are there. It's, it says that after he was left, da, 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 yeah, they left him off the roster, but it's because he has made it clear he does not want to play for PSG anymore. He wants to go to Real Madrid. So they're obviously not going to play someone who doesn't want to get who doesn't want to play, which is why they're trying to accept a buyout. But from what I'm reading, he's not interested in playing for Saudi Arabia, despite the money. Me, he just wants really? to go to Real He just wants to go to Real Madrid. Now, if PSG isn't able to move him by the summer transfer deadline, which is September 1st, the club will need to wait until the winter window of January 1st, 2024. Um, So if they opt to sit him in order to protect his transfer fee value, they'll do that. But they're not sitting him because they just don't want to play him. He has made it clear, I don't want to be here. I want to go to Real Madrid. So they took him off the roster are accepting transfer are accepting um deals for him transfer deals for him he doesn't want to go to saudi arabia from what i read so if they can't right. reach a deal by september 1st basically they just won't play him all season to increase his value so when real madrid tries to buy him he's at his higher he's well, at his I, highest I, I i will say this ashley uh all running backs all uh, american athletes should be paying attention to this i think there's more to this than just well uh, the logistics around uh, the deadlines and this person wants to go here to team. Like, I think it's getting really messy. I think it's been messy. Right. And so um, M- Mbappe is willing to get uncomfortable. The things that I've been talking about uh, around Saquon Barkley and some of the other guys, some of these guys are, un- they're not willing to get uncomfortable or they're, they just, it, it just, it just doesn't rub them the right way. And so, all athletes should be paying attention to this. This is how you leverage uh, your prime years. This is how you get what you want. But I will say this, Ashley: How do you turn? A, how do you turn down a one-year, seven hundred plus million dollar deal? I don't think you can. It's because you're, uh, you're to. playing for the Saudis. That's how. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> you're not. You're. It's, Ronaldo has people, get, Ronaldo, yeah, I was say, hasn't proven too bad here? for Ronaldo. Messi didn't take it. Like that's what I'm saying. Different people prioritize different things. Mess. Uh, Ronaldo didn't have an issue taking the money and playing for the Saudis. Messi did. And from what I'm reading, it sounds like Mbappe is in the same boat. Like, so, he's so just you this not question. interested in playing for the Saudis. 
So let me ask you this question, uh, Ashley. Mbappe is what, what do you you want Mbappe to be your son? You want Mbappe to be uh, <laughs> your husband? Like <laughs> this is just a, a hypothetical. So I'm trying to paint a picture right now. Mbappe, let's say, all right, I'll do it. Mbappe is your son right now, <laughs> Ashley Nicole Moss. He's your son, okay? You got married to, you know, you're athletic, allegedly. You got a big game tonight uh, in Yankee Stadium. Hopefully you hit a home run. Hopefully you get a couple grounders. We'll see. Yeah. But then you go out and you marry a guy who's also athletic, and then y'all have Mbappe. Here comes Mbappe, okay? So Mbappe's here. And now he has $770 million on the table from the Saudis. Are you telling him to take it? Are you telling for one year? Are you saying, you know what, son, just go to Real Madrid. What are you saying? What type of advice are you giving to your, your son Mbappe? Well, he, first of all, Saudi is not, it's not like the Saudi league is, is a great, league or a great team oh, like Lord. it's it's not so let's just put that out there it's not like he's going to like a premier team Ronaldo's so, there Ronaldo took the money like that's okay there's nothing wrong with that like there's nothing wrong with taking the money some guys don't want to take the money so let's play a hypothetical game right let's say he goes ahead and goes to Saudi which is basically PSG is trying to screw him to get him to go to Saudi Arabia instead of him allowing him to sit out say you go over there and you get hurt. Now, when it's time for you to leave and you want to go to Real Madrid, what's to say Real Madrid's going to be like, mm, you know, I don't oh. know. Maybe. I mean, like, like you already got some people don't have the money. Some people the does not. For some it's people, the money doesn't motivate them like that. It's a billion dollars. Yeah. That's, that's some people take an you, you are yeah. literally probably, we've seen Messi not take that exact money. So it's not like everyone maneuvers the same way. Not everyone thinks like, the same way like some people it's not about that much money no, he doesn't want to play no, in saudi arabia he doesn't want to well, play with not, like i don't well let's let's different. not use messi let's not use messi as a uh, 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 part of this case study because he's towards the end uh, messi in a long in a long run is going to come out greater as an owner uh his media rights and deal that the the, the piece that he gets there so he doesn't get more up front which he would have if he went to saudi but long term messi's going to come out greater Right. So, um, look, Mbappe, he doesn't want to be there. Uh, he wants to be at Real Madrid. And he's Ashley, only 24, Brandon. Put that into perspective. Well, when Ronaldo 700... took the money, he would, Ronaldo took the money at a different stage in his career. He's a lot older. He's accomplished a lot more. And for him, okay, like, whatever. I don't have anything to prove, you know. Yeah. Isn't that a... Isn't that a but, 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 here's, but here's the thing, though. Here's the thing with this Saudi, this whole, what Saudi's doing. Saudi is uh, is challenging all sports, right? right? They did it with Live Golf, right? And they forced uh, uh, the PGA to partner with them, to merge with But that's different with in golf. I mean, that's different we, in, in soccer, though. Well, I mean, they're challenging all sports. I think we had the conversation uh, around the NFL. Can mm -hmm. the Saudis actually challenge the NFL, um, you know, with all their money, right? Like, they're, that's what they're doing here. So uh, there's there's a billion dollars to them is like a million dollars. People got to understand this Saudi money, this oil money is, to it's a, it's totally different. So there's going to be some real decisions like big-time players going to have to make, and I can see this trickling over to basketball 
I think it's going to be hard in the NFL. Um, I don't think they'll be able to challenge uh, football because it's not a global sport. I'm talking about global sports. Tennis could potentially be challenged here. So you're talking about someone coming and being able to offer you money that you can get in one year, two years, opposed to an entire career in another league. But think about it this way, like Mbappe is only 24. He's mm-hmm. already worth around $200 million. You're talking, you're comparing him to Ronaldo, who's over 10 years older than him, has been playing in the league a lot longer than him and has accomplished a lot more than him. So for him, it is maybe just all about the money. At 24 years old, $200 million, some people don't want to go and play for a league that they're not going to win in, that they potentially may get hurt in, when at the end of the day, when he signs with Real Madrid, with all the other endorsements, and if he wins, he's going to make that money up regardless. So why would you go and play for a league? He's not making that money up. What? I don't think he's yeah, going to make that money. Not 775 million. Not 700, 750. We're talking, we're talking million career money. We're talking endorsement yeah. money. He'll get close to making that no. money again. What's, what's keeping Mbappe no, 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 no. From, from signing this one year deal and then going to Real Madrid after that one year deal? Like Some that, people my... don't want to play for the Saudis. It's called integrity. Uh, it's well, not like you're going that. to America. So, let me, so answer the question. So answer the question, Ashley, that I asked 15 minutes ago. Your son. What are you doing? What advice are you giving him? I'm not. I'm. I'm saying. Listen. It's don't go. Don't don't go there. <laughs> okay, don't cool. do it. That's don't. it. That's good. That's good. <laughs> don't That's do great. it. It's uh, not worth face. Well, you were. Did we ever talk about this publicly? Like, you, I think you did. You talk about the what? challenge you had in in college, where somebody offered you to go to Dubai. <laughs> yeah, someone offered me half a million dollars to go to Dubai, and I didn't take it. <laughs> Because uh, I'm, I'm wondering, uh, are they is it the culture? Is it that they don't like? Because Saudi Arabia is a beautiful place. So, like, what is it that athletes bro, are straying away it's, from? It's the politics, it's, bro. It's the politics. It's, it's, it's the, the politics crimes, behind it's all it. Of that, bro. Like, it's, it's, it's deep, bro. It's deep. It goes very it deep. deep. I know it's what they're investing their way. money into. But they like, had is to it, literally, not only, not only is it deep politically, but they had to literally change the law so that Ronaldo and Georgina could live there and not be married. Like, that's... It's like it. It, there's a lot going on there. There's like, a lot going on there. Don't want to deal with that, and that's their that's their. Well, Mbappe, 24 years old. I mean, I feel like you were kind of making all the points to that were that that would justify him maybe just hopping on the little one year deal. I mean, you're young, you you've made a lot of money, but like just secure this this Everybody's incredibly large bag for one year. For him, he does not want to go play in Saudi Arabia. Well, well we don't know that yet, thing, right? Because that, this is that news. could be the same. That could be the same conversation with all in other sports in other countries. Russia, France still have challenges. Uh, Italy still have challenges. Uh, yes, uh, the but you UK, cannot. The UK still have challenges. Even the United States, people could look at how we compare. operate in the United States and say, "Why the hell would I go to the United <laughs> States?" You cannot <laughs> compare the challenges of Europe to the challenges of Saudi Arabia. That's fair. It's drastically different, culturally drastically different. You're talking about a guy who's a European national, you know, who born and raised in France. That's all. That's his life. Europe is has been his life. It's just for some people, it's bigger than the payday. For some people, it's it's a lot of intangibles, the word of the day. Some people, it's not for them. Now, he may change his mind, but the report that I read says he has no interest at this point. It was four minutes ago that this story came out that he has no interest in going over there. So only time will tell if he changes his mind. All right. Brandon Marshall here, Ashley Nicole Moss, Corey in the cut, Woo Out West, BC in the booth, and Mander Legend. Mander Legend is back this week and running ish. Um, 
great day today. It was great show. Troy Aikman, um, Ashley, uh, you know, agreed to terms with eight elite logger shotgun. Right, <laughs> she's going to shotgun after every Dallas Cowboys win live on her IG. Is it going to be IG or is it going to be TikTok, Ashley? <laughs> Have you decided yet? I don't know. I haven't thought that far ahead. It's going to be your platform. You really signed me up for a shotgun every time the Cowboys win a game. That's I, I. I was shocked when you told us that. Like you're like shotgun queen. I went to you know college I mean? and I had fun in college. To, we all went to college. No, that don't mean. Well, we I, went to, stands, in, I went to college in I went to college in South pong. Florida though. Like it was, and that was like during like That's the even best. Worse. That was even cool. It was like the era of the big three and like all the clubs were lit and, and popping and cool. Exactly. Like, yeah. So why, are you, so why are you at frat parties and sorority parties <laughs> playing beer pong when you could have been at Live Nightclub? I was at Live Nightclub. Mm. You're doing too much. Ashley. But Live Live was Sundays. Games were Saturdays. That's what happens <laughs> at, the, at, at Wisconsin and Nebraska, those type of schools. What like... are you saying? We would tailgate. <laughs> And at the tailgate, there were keg stands, beer pong. Um, yeah. Listen, it didn't affect my college experience at all. Yes, I partied. I, I hung out, did the club scene. But I graduated with a 3.8 GPA. So I may have partied, but I also graduated magna cum laude. So I handled business, you know. Oh, wow. Business during the day, party at night. It's called balance. That's really good. What, what about high school? What was your GPA uh, in high school? I graduated high school with a 3.0. But that's also because, like, see senior that, year see, and right. stuff, I got... See, 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 that's the test, because I feel I like got you into, can I got manipulate the fight. system in college. I think you can manipulate the system in college. High school GPA is what matter. No, that's because high rip. school GPA, like, you know, you especially senior year, you don't go to class as much. Say, you might be try the opposite, actually, you're, you're on your way out. Like, you just... As, by senior year, you just stop caring. Yeah. Ashley Nicole Moss. Yeah. <laughs> Hey. Did Mr. Jeff know about this? Did Mr. Jeff know? My parents know. know? Listen, my parents used to say all the time, they didn't really care what I did in college, but if I ever bought a C home or anything, I was only allowed to get B's in math because that's my like weak subject. Everything mm -hmm. else had to be A's. So if I brought anything less than an A's and one B home, my dad told me that, because my parents paid for my school. So my parents said, my dad specifically said, if you bring anything home less than those grades, you need to go fill out an application at McDonald's somewhere and go get a job because <laughs> I'm not paying for you to go to school yeah. and just half-ass it. So I did really well in school, but I also enjoyed my time. I had fun. So I have a lot of cool Ashley, memories from, from and school. And you were referring to college, right? You were referring to college just then? Yeah, college? from college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, Ashley, and I wasn't trying to go work uh, at McDonald's, so it <laughs> wasn't. No, Ashley, what's 18, 18 divided by three? I'm not good at math, Brandon. I know. You... 18 divided by three. Six? Fact check three. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's six. <laughs> I was giving her some fact checks. Why are you pausing? You don't even know. So... All right, Ashley, talk to us a little bit about tonight. Uh, have you decided if you're going to be the coach or the player tonight because you're coming off of a gruesome yeah. injury? It's not um, gruesome. You had um, okay. So it's I'm on Tracy Morgan's team. Um oh, my, my base coaches are Fat Joe and Sean Pekka, so that's gonna be cool. Um mm -hmm. we're playing against a team with Ja Rule on it, Action Bronson. But listen, I may have them like put me in the outfield or I may stay no. on third base. I'm gonna it's stay on third base. I feel like that's the safe spot for me. 
You got to run around like and field those balls. Second base. base. Second base is safe for you. Right. Okay. Right. I'm going to see if they can switch me to second base. Now, granted, I am left-handed. So for me, being on third base, third base probably isn't the most ideal. Left-handed people normally don't play shortstop or third base. Um, Don't know how I got that position. But everyone knows in baseball, that's not ideal. So they may have to switch me regardless. But, um, yeah, I'll have a chat. I'll have a uh, conversation with Joey. I'll be like, have listen, you, you, you want to win? Have you gone to any batting what? cages? Have you gone <laughs> right. to any batting cages? Practice, have you done getting, any yeah. type of glove work? Uh, I'm just going to go out there and I'm going to go out there and rely on my natural abilities. Um, oh, as my goodness. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> so I'm really, I'm pretty confident that um I'm going to make something happen. I'm confident <laughs> that I'm going to do, you know, Derry Jeter and Alex Rodriguez and, and CeCe Sabathia and, and all the, you know, Yankees of the present and the past. I'm going to be proud. It's going to be like angels in the outfield. You know what I mean? I feel <laughs> like I'm going to be guided by the spirits of present Yankees and past Yankees, and they're going to lead me to victory. That's what that's what I'm going with. Ashley, um, do us a favor, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's always another game. There's always going to be another uh, softball event that you're going to get invited yes, to. Yes, don't get hurt. I, I am I, aware. I just, I, I, I'm just letting you know I feel uncomfortable with, your going, with, with you going out there after being on crutches, scooters, and boots uh-huh. for six yeah. weeks, you uh-huh. just took your boot off, I believe. You still may have the boot on today. Uh-huh. I feel uncomfortable with you going out there and even jogging. Granted, I'm really not concerned. I'm, it's hot out here. I'm not going to break a sweat. I need to look cute for photos. I'm just going to do like a little a little trot. You know what I mean? If I have to get oh the ball, goodness. I'll be like trot. Yeah. I'll pick it up like cute, throw it back. I'm not going to go out there full throttle it. Um, but I'm oh, definitely going to go out there and try. I'm not going to go out there and not try. I, I am somebody who, uh, if I do something, I like to try and give it my all. But I'm not, you know, an M- MLB all-star, and I'm okay with that. That's not my... Oh, my goodness. Fred and well, good luck Corey. to you, Ashley. Yeah, well, no, he's going to say B. No, go ahead. No, no, I was just saying good luck to it. And, you know, we're out of time today. It was a great show today. But uh, yeah, we'll be looking looking for it to see what the stat sheet's saying and, and, and see if you get the dub tonight, Ashley. Don't expect much. Don't expect much. <laughs> <laughs> L- right. Listen, guys, uh, paper route is heating up. Uh, summer is heating up. It's hot. We're talking literally record temperatures. Right. Um, our uh, uh, weather uh, uh, commentator, analy- uh, analyst, Ashley Nicole Moss, will continue to give you all the facts. She's been doing it the last couple of weeks. She is big into uh, uh, climate research, and uh, she's a tree hugger. Research? (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) It's it's the environment, climate research. I don't even know what that is. (laughs) Yeah, we made, you know, what did I go to school for, Ashley? Football. (laughs) Football, there you go. But look, it's heating up here on paper route, right? Like we're six weeks away from our first uh, 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 NFL game. Um, We're here. Training camp is underway. I think by the end of this week, probably every single team, all 32, would have reported to training camp. So we're going to see a lot more stories. I think the biggest story of them all right now is the running backs, right? What's going to happen to Josh Jacobs? Will he show up? Saquon Barkley, will he show up? So super excited about, you know, the the next couple of weeks, couple of weeks, super excited about football season. We appreciate each and every one of you guys for rocking with us as we build out this show. Um, we are gearing up 
So you guys prepare. There's going to be so much more in store, so much more to come. But until then, we got to see you tomorrow. Tomorrow's show is going to be big. We're going to have footage of Ashley Nicole Moss hitting home runs, <laughs> grabbing grounders. Or we won't. Or we won't. <laughs> we, will. we will. Be safe, Ashley. We'll uh, do. Take care of yourself. See you tomorrow. You yourself in Vegas, sir. Yeah. yeah. All right, good people. We love you guys. See y'all tomorrow. <laughs>